So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. I've got a great guest for you today, uh, one of my good friends, and uh, uh, Corey Boatwright. We're actually doing a deal together right now, and I'm on location. I am in Hawaii still, so I'm trying to line up two or three of these sick little uh, background podcasts. So if you're on YouTube, you're checking it out right now. This is the house 17 years ago that the dream started of what I call the cash flow life. Sunsets right behind me, right? And palm trees. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, dude, welcome to the show, Corey. Um, before, so for all my guests, um, why don't you just give us a quick background of who you are and, and what you're all about? Sure. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it, uh, Corey. Uh, you and I know each other in the mastermind group and obviously a business partner and an apartment deal that we're doing. I'm excited about uh, with that. But uh, before that, I have been involved with real estate for, gosh, I bought my first house when I was 21. I'm 42 now. So what is that? 21 years ago. But I wouldn't consider really, I was just kind of dabbling around. I didn't know what I was doing. I, really in the last 15 years, uh, I've been putting uh, more emphasis on uh, real estate and specifically real estate and internet marketing and combining the two together. Back in the day, uh, in the early 2000, let's say 2005, 2006, right around uh, the time when the first crash was starting, I uh, was really interested with short sales. And if you remember these, Corey, a lot of people were kind of freaking out about these things. And I got excited because I knew that there was going to be opportunity for people that couldn't afford their house. Uh, they bought too much house. They didn't have enough money and they're going to lose them. And so I figured out a, uh, a way to be able to capitalize on short sale market to the degree we got a loss mitigation company. Uh, we did literally hundreds of uh, deals and thousands with my partners and students. And we even built a software at the time that was specialized in short sales. Fast forward up till about 2012. And lo and behold, I was in Hawaii too. Corey, and I was skipping a winter and I was with my good friend, John Cochran. And John looks over at me before we actually went to Hawaii. It was actually in Vegas before we went to Hawaii. And he looks at my throat and says, Hey man, what's that lump on your throat? And you know, I was like, what lump, you know, I'm a guy, there's lumps. And he was like, no, there's a lump. So long, long story longer, that lump ended up turning out to be uh, thyroid cancer. So we were traveling from Vegas, as you know. There's a there's a there's a nonstop flight to Honolulu from Vegas, and uh, I landed in Vegas. I went to the urgent care, then I went to endocrinologist, and uh, man, I ended up having to cut my whole vacation, which I paid for in advance, 
short because of this uh, thyroid cancer, bro. So that changed my life. That was the end of 2012. Uh, praise God. Fast forward till today, you know, no, uh, no remission. That's completely been removed. I had a thyroidectomy. And, but it changed my perspective and it changed my life on things. So at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, I decided I, I really didn't want to do uh, short sales uh, anymore. They were becoming harder and harder. So I shut my loss mitigation company down. I sold what part of my software company uh, that I had left. And I really started focusing on bigger things um, like life and the things that are most important, spending time with my mom, spending time with my family and uh, other people I really care about. And, you know, at that point, I was looking at the low-hanging fruit. And the low-hanging fruit in real estate, Corey, is wholesaling. And so I know you're a wholesaler. You, you, you went from kind of graduating from wholesaling to apartments and uh, I'm on that trail right along with you. But, you know, wholesaling is the low hanging fruit. So I've been doing wholesaling now for many, many years. We do a little over a hundred deal, deals a year. I have a great team here in the greater OKC area. And, uh, you know, it's been absolutely great. And then I have some coaching students, thank God, that have been blessed to have for, for many years that, uh, that we teach and work with on um, wholesaling. But in those last couple, two years or two and a half, three years, as you know, another one of my, our business partners together, Sean Terry, we started to really look at what apartments, power of apartments. So we got involved with apartments. We actually wholesaled an apartment, for, if you remember that deal. Uh, that, was great. that was crazy. And so now today, uh, where, where, where we are, are it's just really focusing on, you know, what your trail is, the trail that you've been blazing on building legacy wealth, building a substantial future for my kids to be able to will to them, to my wife, to be able to have uh, a lifestyle that is literally ran by passive income, not from single family homes, by, by multifamily homes because of so many of the amazing benefits, as your uh, listeners well, well know, that uh, come from it. So taxes being a huge one to be able to, to help save and all the different strategies with uh, taxes uh, self-direct IRA, all kinds of other things, cost seg uh, studies. So I'm excited about uh, this journey on apartments, excited about this particular deal that we're uh, taking down here in uh, Columbus, uh, Georgia. Yeah, dude. So that's uh, it's fun, man. You know, one of the things as I was listening to your story, man, the one thing that I've I've realized in real estate is that the ball is always bouncing and changing. I mean, like, think about it. What we did in 2008, 9, 10, 11, totally different than what we do now, right? Because the market changes. Like, I, back when that was going on, I mean, I was doing lots of fix and flips. And, and honestly, I got almost too crazy is where I, I got, where I was doing, running around with my head chopped off, right? Doing all these fix and flips. And like, but it was starting to get harder and harder to find deals, and uh, about 2011, that's when I bought my first apartment complex. And it was really because it was, I was forced to, and I knew I needed to, but also the market was changing. And so it was just, that was where you go. Now, the only, my only regret is I wish I would have bought more during the downturn. <laughs> I remember that's when I kind of made my pivot around 2012, after, you know, a little after you bought your first one. I think about that now. What if I would have went involved and got started with apartments. And what if I would have focused on multifamily? Oh my gosh. Oh no. You know, and it's still good now because see, here's the fun, funny thing. And, and, and you know, this cause you're, we're in, let's talk about our deal a little bit. You know, 
it doesn't matter. I mean, with multifamily, because it's based on NOI and, and, and you know, what you can reposition the property or how you can make profit, it's all based on the numbers. And so you can still selectively find deals in today's market. And, and that's exactly what we've done. I mean, there's no magic to it. We just, we found an, an excellent deal that um, someone else doesn't know how to capitalize on, but, but we can. And like, so I think that's, that's the coolest part about the multifamily space. But so let's, hey, so let's get into it, man. Today we want to talk about raising OPM, other people's money. And we're going to speak to this for all my listeners out there. Because I know that raising private capital sometimes is intimidating, right? It's, and, and honestly, it's not easy. It's really, it's, it takes time. And so, uh, and Corey can, because Corey is right now in the midst of it with us. We're raising um, money for this deal and it's coming and, and, but it ebbs and flows, especially when it's new. And so this is going to be a good thing, a good story to testament of, to not lose faith, right? Because usually when you're raising capital, um, you almost have to oversubscribe your first couple of deals, especially when you're first at it. And, you know, Corey, so far, let's, I mean, give me your point of view so far of what you initially thought on raising money and what do you think now? So I, in the initially, because I surround myself, you know, you're, you're five of whether you're average of the five people that you surround yourself with. Yep. So because of that, you know, you surround yourself with a lot of people that are doing big things and cool things, uh, usually pretty successful in different areas. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be, you know, pretty simple because I got a lot of friends, you know, they have money. I thought it'd be uh, not a big deal just to go and say, Hey, I got a deal, come aboard. You know, this will be a great opportunity. And what I realized was that is not the case <laughs> because there is, whenever you find these people, the reason that these people are in your circle is because they're already doing big things. They're already uh, being clobbered with the opportunities daily. And so when you bring another opportunity to them and it's just on the fact of, hey, put some money with me and then you'll make a return back, you know, it, 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 it is, uh, it's not as easy of a sale. The other thing is, too, is that you're not used to, I'm not used to asking people for a lot of things. I, quite frankly, people come to me, you know, not, not, uh, I'm not saying this um, in, a, in a way to be prideful or anything, but people come to me and ask me for a lot of things. Right. right? especially being a coach, I have a, a lot of people come to me and ask for me things. So this was a very, this is a different way of thinking. So I had to, I had to change the way that I think on, on this opportunity. And so it isn't that I'm asking somebody for something, it's I'm bringing them something that they wouldn't have otherwise without my involvement in it. Plus I'm also leveraging the relationship too. You yeah. know, in wholesaling, it's very transactional. You know, in private money, it needs to be relational. And yeah. I've gotten a little better, you know, at that. But as a wholesaler, you kind of become a machine. And, and you know, in the business part, you kind of become a machine. You, you build. And you're almost desensitized. You're almost desensitive because you're like, listen, if you don't want it, if you don't want it, someone else is going to take it. Like, you know, here's the number. I was thinking about how to do it faster, better, you know. Yeah. All, all, all these other things. And as a private, whenever you put on your private, and that's what you have to do, you have to put on your private money hat. Whenever you put on your private money hat, 
you are no longer thinking about being efficient and the fastest way possible and all these other things. All you're thinking about is how can I have a meaningful relationship or meaningful conversation about something that I think is absolutely great that's going to really help this person in a way that isn't going to be insensitive, in a way that is uh, completely earnest from where you're coming from and an honest place of where you're coming from. And you cannot be in this mode of, I just want to get, I just want to get done with the conversation. I just want to tell you, say yes or no. It isn't that way. Private money is about an hour conversation with every single person that you talk to. Yeah. It is uh, sometimes a follow-up conversation. So it isn't like you checked it off the box and it, it's, it's often a follow-up conversation. Let me talk to my attorney. Let me talk to my business partner. Let me talk to my wife. Let me talk to my husband. Uh, let me talk to my grandfather, whatever. Hey, it let is. me let me ask you this. Uh, you ever get this? Uh, yeah, I'm in. And then about four days later, uh, man, something's come up. I'm not in no more. Yeah, there has, uh, <laughs> that's actually, you know, I, I uh, you and I are part of this mastermind group, you know, called Collective Genius. I've been at it for over seven years. I've missed it three times in seven years. This time, because we're raising our private uh, money on this particular apartment deal, I missed it the fourth time. <laughs> and the reason is, is because uh, I want to put all my complete focus and effort into making sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to tap everybody I possibly can to, uh, you know, to raise the funds. And, you know, so that will tell you that uh, I had people that were like, hey, man, I'm, I'm in for 250000 I'm in for 100000 or whatever. And one of my guys, he was in, actually, the decision to miss CG was based on this one thing. One of my guys that was in for 250000 pulled out. And he mm -hmm. pulled out because of some crazy thing I can't go into right now. But you wouldn't even think in a million years that this thing happened. But literally, this big thing happened, and uh, it affected his dollar amount that he was going to send me. Yep. And uh, you're, you will have things like that. So here is my advice right now. Whatever you're thinking about raising, double it in your mind. Yes. Uh, just, just double it in your mind. You're going to have uh, people that pull out. Don't take it personal. The other thing is, you know, that is not something that is uh, personal to you. And that can, here's, the, here's why I'm saying don't take that personal. Because your next call, because you usually have th four or five calls lined up for the day or more. Your next call, that person will, you, you'll feed off that energy. Remember yeah. uh, back in old sales days, you know, you're smiling and dialing, you know, <laughs> and then making that, that uh, energy transfer from, the, from, from you, from the phone to the other person because you're smiling, because they can hear when you're smiling. Well, the people, whenever you're talking to them about private money, they can sense really quickly if you're on the phone, all, all of those different elements of things. So you've got to be able to create some space between whatever happened on that last call, if it was negative, yep. to this next call that you're going to. Even more so if you're meeting somebody in person. Yeah. If you're meeting somebody in person, you really need to just get centered. You need to go someplace. If something happened, you need to center yourself. You need to pray or whatever it is. I pray before every single one of my meetings in person uh, with people, uh, even oftentimes on the phone before I get on the phone, but that just creates some space. It creates some yeah. space, um, between the thing that happened and whatever's getting ready to happen. Now, the cool thing is 
is that uh, sometimes you're talking to somebody and you're like, I know this person's only going to put in 50K or something. And all of a sudden they go, you know what? Uh, I got somebody else I'm going to call. I think we could probably put in 150. It's like, yep. like so you, you, don't, you don't really know what's going to happen. So don't assume that you do. Just basically create the, uh, create the environment, be positive, uh, be excited about what you have because it tr- is a great opportunity and it's taking a lot of time to vet and everything. You bring a lot of value to that conversation and don't forget that. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget so, the value so, that you bring to the conversation. Let me, let me jump in because here's what I th- here's what I think happens a lot of times, and sometimes we forget this. And when we're in the process, we want to sell. In other words, we want to sell the deal. And what I've what I've learned through doing this so many times, and I've experienced all the ups and downs so many times that I just understand the process really, really well. And and, and it's 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 fun. To watch uh, new people really go through it, like Corey, because it is an experience, right? It really is. And because you come from like, hey, listen, I'm supposed to be good at all these things, and I should be able to smash this. And it comes down to, the, the goal is, is you've just got to share the message. And you share it as many times, and then the right people, and I mean this, the right people will self-select. The right people will say, I'm interested, and they will want to be in your deal. And the wrong people will always find a way to get out. And I truly believe in that process. Now, it's a lot easier when you are talking to the right avatar. And so I want to speak about this just so for my audience to understand, because I think this is one area for you, Corey. Uh, you know, you, you're, most of your contacts initially are in the real estate world. And when we talk about raising private money, typically, now I'm not saying this for everybody, but most of the time, real estate guys are the wrong avatar. And the reason is, is because, I'll let you answer this, they always want equity. They want a piece of the deal, right? They're always looking at the angle of how do they get a piece of the deal, um, or I know some people with money, so can I get a piece of the deal? I'll bring in my... I've got a whale. I've got one guy. I've got one guy. I, I mean, I've heard this so many times. I've got a guy. I've got a guy that come in with a million dollars. That guy never materializes, by the way. And so what I've learned is, is you, uh, so real estate guys are always, they're not the best avatar. And when I, and I teach this. So when we talk about raising private money, your best places to find money are your working professionals, Okay. These are your doctors, dentists, lawyers, chiropractors, people that are making high income that they're, yep, see, they're investing where? In the stock market, right? They have a financial advisor. We can compete and go head to head with people that are in the stock market and win hands down. And there is so much money in the security world, right? Waiting for people like us because, Corey, do you trust the stock market? No. Hell no. Right? I don't either. <laughs> and I used to be a financial advisor. And I don't. Yeah, I used to be a day trader for eight months back in the day. I was, blue, I was shorting blue chip stocks, believe it or not. And, uh, man, that is not a life that uh, I, I would wish on anyone. It was so intimidating. Had to get up really early in the morning. And, uh, man, it was, it was pretty intimidating. 
Yeah, and and but for us to like win, because so, most people don't trust the stock market either. And if they if they don't even understand how it works, like listen, when a sales guy gives you this, uh, you know, growth of America fund or fund of America or whatever American funds flagship, uh, you know, mutual fund company, they've got a fund that's been um, there for like seventy five years. They give you seventy five years of history, and they're like. If you would have put a thousand dollars back in 1974, you would be a multi multimillionaire. But here's the reality: is people cannot stomach the ups and downs of the market. When crisis hits, everybody wants to sell, and then when it starts going up and finally almost to a, to the top, that's when they want to come back in, and that's like buying high and selling low. Right. <laughs> right. It's total opposite, and and. And they do it based on emotion. And so those people, we can we can compete for that business and win very, very easily. And when you look at real estate guys, especially trained ones, and because most of your network is trained, it's probably a lot of them are trained ones that you've taught trained assassins, right? Now I'm gonna say all that, but I'm also gonna say if you're watching this right now on Corey's feed and you're interested in our deal, if you don't like call him. You're stupid, okay? Because we've got a smoking deal that will give you a solid return. I mean, that's just hands down what it is. And if you, there's nothing else on the market that I know that you can get a consistent return year over year over year over year. So I just got to put that plug out there because if you have a personal relationship with Corey, you should be calling him right now and saying, dude, take my money, okay? That's what you should be doing. Right. Because we're almost fun of this still, believe it or not. And it's, you know, it's a crazy process, man. And it's filled with ups and downs. Is it not like there's like sometimes you're like, gosh, no one wants my deal. What is it? Is it me? Is it the deal? What am I doing wrong? Right. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, that's that's the other thing. You start you start figuring out, like, what, why isn't everybody saying yes? And the reality is. Um, they're not going to, not everybody's going to. And the other part of it, like you said, is that's probably a good thing. But at the time, you don't think it's a good thing because, you know, at the time you're like, you want everybody to be a part of this deal and everybody to just, you think they're, they're just going to throw your mon their money at you. And it just doesn't happen that way. And it isn't because of your relationship with them is any, any, you know, it's not bad or anything like that. It's not a personal thing. It's just because people are busy. Yep. There are things that are going on in people's lives that you have no idea, personal things that go on in people's lives, all these things. And so the right people will be a part of the deal. The challenge is, as a wholesaler, is that your whole mentality is hot potato as a wholesaler, right? I mean, it is. It's hot potato. I got, I got a contract for fifty thousand. I want to sell it for, you know, a hundred or sell it for ninety. Or I, I want to, and I got twenty-five days to have it. It's hot potato. You have to get rid of the freaking potato. In this case, it's Fiji water. You know, but, uh, but I, I'm still representing. Look, I'm Maui. Maui's my favorite place, and I, I, I love Maui. But amen, anyway, brother. You're in, you're in Kauai. But basically, <laughs> you have to change that mindset. Yeah. yeah. Slow down. Now, I just said a cuss word to an entrepreneur. 
Whenever, yeah. <laughs> whenever I tell an entrepreneur to slow down, they give me the middle finger, right? Yeah, because sometimes, like, yeah. I, I need to speed up. I need to go faster, yeah. right? Yeah. In this business, it is not going faster. You know, it, it is slowing down. It is building the relationships that are driven around people that are interested in doing deals and private money and building those relationships. And I have no doubt five years from now that I'll have a list of people that are just waiting for me to True. tell them about the next deal because they just don't have, they don't have time to, to, to vet them and all those other things. Yep. But right now, you know, you have to really think, I have to really think about slowing down things you know, and building that relationship more and not think about the transaction. And yeah. that's what it is. In wholesaling, you're thinking about the transaction. In private lending and private raising private money, it's all about just under and, and just building a great relationship, a solid foundation where the first person feels comfortable working with you, one, yeah. but also that the deal will stand on its own. You yeah. know, it will stand on its own. So And here's here's what I've also learned too is a lot of times, especially when you don't, when you have new investors, so you know most of your investors, um, because you've been wholesaling for so long, in the wholesale you don't really need private ca- private equity, private capital, right? And so um, it's been a while since you've really probably tapped with anybody on raising like you know private money. And what what I've learned is that on those cases, it's a lot easier to start. Because our minimum investment's a hundred thousand in our deal, but we can take up to fifty, right? And a lot of times it's easier just to have those new people just to limp in at fifty thousand. And the reason is is so they can get into the process. Because once what I've what I've found is once you get people in, even just with a fifty thousand dollar tranche. And luckily for us, this is a not a big raise. It's $1.85 million raise. So it's not a big raise. And we could, because you can have up to uh, 35. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if we ever get into trouble, daddy will we'll, we'll pick up the phone and start making some phone calls. But, um, you know, the truth is when, when you, so if you got 35, uh, you can have up to 35 unaccredited investors. And so sometimes with newer people, um, that don't know that you don't really have a track record with, if you take the minimum, once you get them in, what happens, they will become your best advocates. And no one ever tells you, and I mean this with hands down, no one ever tells you how much they have. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, they always have more. And I used to, I mean, I had this one client, I thought I had, what was back when I was Edward Jones, he had about a million dollars with me, and I thought I had every penny of it. And one day he comes up to me and he's like, Corey, um, I've just, I've been real frustrated with this, my, my other guy. And um, I want to give you his account. And he's got like $4 million. <laughs> and I was, I mean, dude, you, and you know, here I am doing his yearly review and he, and it's like, that's all his money. And the guy's just slow playing me, man. He's got lots of other, and I've learned that is people have lots of, more there's more money out there than you could ever possibly imagine that's and, and i grew up poor and so some of the, my investors here that that are uh that have that limiting belief of hey will people give me money am i am i okay with it can do there's so much money out there that, and it's really looking for people like us Corey, people that know how to make deals and that can make their money grow 
you know, the, that's the, that's the great thing is that you start to realize that, you know, when you learn how to, and really walking through your course, I mean, walking through your uh, mastermind and walking through uh, the Kahuna management way, you know, basically Kahuna boardroom. I mean, you teach how to walk through deals and how to vet deals and the proper way to do it with your uh, cash flow calculator, which is incredible, you know, and it, so it makes it where all the hard work becomes now easy. Before, I didn't know how to adequately see, I found, oh, I found an apartment deal. I ran across an apartment deal. Oh, you know, okay, is it worth $2 million? Is it worth $5 million? I have, I don't know, you know, and now having the understanding of how to understand NOI, how to understand trailing 12 and rent rolls and all the other things that go with it, how to understand and putting those things together where it makes sense. And now you know whether or not the person's crazy asking uh, yeah. million or if they're undervalued or whatever. So because you have that knowledge, specialized knowledge, then you can now apply that to, rem all you have to do is raise private money because the guys that are giving you the private money, they don't typically have that knowledge. No. Yeah. Okay. And here's the other thing that's interesting. They don't want to have it. Now, well, why, oh, yeah. why would you why would you say that? Now, here's something interesting. I, I go to a dentist, and I know that if I learned how to do certain things in dentistry, you know, maybe I wouldn't have to pay, you know, for all the things I normally pay for. But I don't want to be a dentist. I just want to pay a dentist. I know that uh, I'm really good on contracts. I'm pretty good at going through contracts and doing it. I don't want to be an attorney, right? So what is it? It's because people already have life, they have things going on, and they have this ability to leverage what they have. And they want to find somebody they like, know, and trust. Reading the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's one of my, absolutely, it's my favorite book. It's my number one favorite book out of all the books I've ever read, even The E-Myth, even Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is based on the premise of listening. Yes. It's on the premise of listening and people will tell you what they want. And so yeah, as yeah. I'm raising private money and the idea is I know that I'm wanting, you know, talk about this deal and it comes down to the point where, you know, how much money you think we're going to need on this. Answering that other question back with, well, what do you think uh, your typical target is for a return? And understanding what they're thinking on their return and what you have there, that's a great place to start because maybe their number is way under where you are already. So you're just going to wow them. Maybe they're five or six, but maybe they're over and you're under, but guess what? Now, you know, there's a gap and right. you know that if you can make the gap, if you can create the bridge from the gap. Telling the story as well. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times in that, in that process, there's a story and what you just even said with that cash flow calculator, man, what that allows you to, especially when you get a deal under contract, what we're doing is we're telling the story, right? You are going through the numbers and we're telling the story of why we think it's a good deal and why we think we can execute at a high level and why we, we think we're going to be able to make this profit when the other uh, operator is not, right? And where we see the value in the deal. And based upon our experience and our history and our processes, we're telling the story of why it's good. And sometimes with capital, 
you've got to overcome. Um, so, I mean, let's let's talk about some of the objections, right? Because this is number one objection. Man, you're not offering enough return, right? Um, you get that a lot sometimes. And because I believe in creating a return that's fair, but it's also one that is market-driven, meaning I've been doing this long enough that I've got lots of people, we have lots of people giving us money. And so, and I also know the avatar that I focus on, which is the stock market, right? And so, and because I used to be a financial advisor, um, when people would say, hey, when I was a uh, Edward Jones guy, people would come up to me and say, Corey, what return should we be shooting for? My answer always is to say, <laughs> there's my niece. <laughs> my answer is always to say, you know, if you could get between a six and eight percent return solidly year over year over year, you are doing great. I used to say eight to 10 until one of my mentors said, Corey, don't ever say that. He's like, you're setting your expectations for your clients way too high. Keep them lower and you'll always be safe and the money won't leave. And when you realize that, you're like, oh my gosh. But that's how it's pitched. Now, there's also something to be said about consistency in return. And um, so, because I hear all this time, people say, oh, well, this deal is going to give me a 20% total return. 25%. And I would love to have a crystal ball and go to these people's like, hey, it's been five years. What did you do? Right? Because most of the time, and I'm not saying just... And this is based on some experience of other people that I know that they uh, barely made seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, because um, they're not great operators. They, they pitch pie in the sky. And understand that people can pitch the moon. You can show people a performa based on what you think it's going to do, and you can pitch the moon. And, um, but we found that what we offer, what, what most of what my investors and people that I teach to raise money... What we sell, what we offer, not with sell, it's what we offer is a consistent product that pays over time and allows for uh, some growth on the back end. And I think it's the consistency that most people yearn for. And so, and that's usually the story you've got to overcome. So we're talking about, I want, I got 20%. And we're like, and usually when people tell me that, I'm like, listen, we're probably not a good fit because. Like, we're not for your risky money. That's not the money we want. What we want is your safe money. And sometimes that's a different conversation. You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm talking about that money that you just want to, to earn a solid return. That where most of your money's parked, by the way. And right. then they start realizing, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's who we are. And, and it just changes the conversation. And sometimes you don't win. Right. Right. Especially and when, I, when, I, when I, said, I, I frame the there's a there's a great book called uh, Covert Persuasion. And, you know, this has some good things in it. But basically, there's another one called Pitch Anything. And basically it talks about frame control. Now, some of these things you do naturally, but some of these things to be able to be aware of the psychology of what goes on during the conversation is pretty is pretty powerful. And one of the things that, you know, I continue to say from based on uh, things that we learned at your class, Corey, was protecting the capital at all costs. Yeah. Protecting the capital at all costs. So I might say, you know, 
So this is why, you know, we're going, yeah, you can certainly, we're going to have another $160,000 the first year to the NOI. And that's fantastic. That's great. Uh, and we're also going to upgrade this security thing. And that's great too. But uh, what's most important to us is that we have a little bit of extra money here because we can protect the capital at all costs. And so I'm bringing the conversation back to protect the capital at all costs. They'll probably hear me say that five or six or seven times in 10, period, 10 minute to 20 minute period. So you're, you're, you're creating you know, that, kind of, uh, that kind of frame that you, that you wanna work with. And I, I think that was something that's uh, really powerful. It is, man. And so the right people that they get it will hear it and they understand it. And that's what they really want because what I've realized when people are when people give you their money, the only question that's in the forefront of their brain is not even if they're going to make any interest, is will I just get my damn money back? Right. Am I going to lose it? Am I going? When am I going to get? Yeah. It? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to make sure that I'm going to get my money back. Right. Only then will they even think about the next little thought in their mind, which is, could I make some interest? Could I make some money on my money, right? Because that first thought will consume them. And until you, you've you answered that sufficiently, they're still thinking that it's a risky deal. Now, there's some people that like to gamble. Those are typically not my investors, right? And so the people that like to gamble, they go gamble with other deals. And that's just not my what I teach. I, I'm looking for solid investors that will stick with you through and through. They're willing to accept a decent, in my mind, a great return, solid return. And, and they will forego the, um, this cycle. They don't, they want to get off the roller coaster. Right. And, um, they don't want to have bad experiences. Right. And so, uh, you know, that's another testament to raising money because it's, it really is. It's a total different animal, don't you? Don't you think? It is so different. It's definitely in. The, it's it's a very. It's been a very eye-opening experience, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, and humbling. It's 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 pretty humbling to go through this process too. I'm excited though because just like anything, remember when you started wholesaling or you start? How in the world is anybody going to give you a house for forty cents on the dollar? Yes. How are they going to sign a con? What? No way. I mean, they don't do no, that really. <laughs> no way. And if it was that easy, everybody be doing it. Everybody yeah. be doing it. And they'd be like, <laughs> not, I mean, remember this? These were the conversations that you were having in your head. I have to deal with these a lot with my coaching students, right? Um, you know, yeah. talk to people. Or, but then what happens is someone does it. <laughs> then what happens is someone calls you and their situation is nothing that you thought of before. Yeah. The sale and you're top of mind. And yeah. now you have specialized information and you lock up the house and lo and behold, you have 30 days now to sell your contract. And now you're walking away from the title company, you know, 20 days, 30 days later, 20 days later with a check for 20, 30, a check 60, in your hand, oh, right? All of a sudden you're a believer. Yes. You're a believer, <laughs> right? And so- yeah. And I'm, here's, I'm, I'm a believer, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the process of, hey, uh, of the believing process. And, and here's uh, what's cool, Corey. In about 30 more days in July 22nd, we will own, you will own an apartment complex with me, bro. No. It's Isn't that going to be awesome? 
Super exciting. Right. And, and yes. I mean, we've already looked at another deal, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm I'm grateful, one, to, uh, you know, met you and also being a part of this deal with you, Corey, and you and Shelly are just amazing. Their whole family is uh, obviously just a testament to true, like, legacy wealth and truly living the life of, of a paradise. You know, you're always talking about paradise. Paradise is possible. And hey. then... Who gave me that? Who gave me that phrase? <laughs> uh, no, we, worked, we worked on it together, but you know, but, no, it was but, all you. But with this, though, I I'm excited because the potential is endless. And here's if someone's listening to this right now and they're thinking like, you know, I'm thinking about this whole thing. I'm a wholesaler. I'm been doing real estate, but can I do apartments? Can I do apartments? The first question, the first answer that you have to uh, believe, or the first person that has to believe is yourself. Yeah. By the way. You have to believe yourself that you can, you're capable of doing this thing. Just like whenever you wholesaled for the first time and you didn't believe that anybody was going to give up their property, just like you didn't think it was possible to make five, 10, 20, 30, 50, $100,000 on a property that you never quote owned for more than five minutes, you know, you have to overcome what I call invisible beliefs. Yep. Okay. So once you overcome the invisible belief, then you're stepping into the realm of what's possible. And what's possible is more than, I mean, just really whatever you want to put your mind to. And what's exciting about multifamily is it is something that will build legacy wealth. Yes. Okay. You know, I, I don't know, you know, talk about your deals to Corey, but I mean, it's exciting to know that you don't have to work another day in your life if you didn't have to. <laughs> And still be all right, you know. Um, it's you know, cool as hell, bro. <laughs> that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, you know. And the cool thing is too is now you start to also if you're not stressed out by you don't have to work. Which, by the way, stress is uh, responsible for over sixty percent of heart related uh, things that happen to you in life for for deaths as stress. Yeah, um, heart related illnesses is from stress. So. If you, if you, and, and money is a big reason for stress for a lot yeah. of people. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. If you don't have to worry about the money as much, right. Then you have no, you know, the stress is, is not much there. Then what you're experiencing now is all of this other things that are in your life that you've always wanted to do. And now you're just like a kid in a candy store again. It's like, do I want to go hike the mountain? You know, do I want to go up to, uh, you know, swim and get in the canoes with my wife and spend the day swimming in the, with, you know, with the dolphins. So I want to take the kids to, you know, road to Hana and, and Hawaii. What do I want to do? We want to go on a Do year. I want to, do I want to be my kids coach and coach their football season? Do I want to be their coach? Do I want to be there in their lives? Do I want to be present? So I want to really make sure that we're tying, not just multifamily to money, but tying it to the freedom of time, tying yeah. it to, the freedom of building a life that you've always wanted. Really, that word paradise means so much to different people, but it is possible. It is, those things are possible, but you have to believe first yeah. that you are capable of doing it. And I'll tell you, that is the number one thing that holds most people back yep. is they do not believe in themselves. They don't believe in themselves that they're actually capable of buying a five or eight or 10 or 15 or $25 million apartment. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's one of the things that hold them back. Once you're able to overcome 
these invisible beliefs, then man, you step in. Let's think about this. What if, right? And I'm just, and this is going to happen, by the way. And this is, if you're not, you will do, so this is just the first of many deals, multifamily deals for you that you're going to actually keep and operate, not the ones you're going to wholesale, okay? If you were to do this, just even one deal a year, imagine as you keep getting better and raising private money and you, you get at least, just to say a deal a year, right? And let's just say at the crappiest that you did, you made $5,000 a month profit per deal, okay? That's what, 60 grand, okay? If you made $60,000 and you found one deal and you did it five years in a row, that's $30,000 at the end of five years, passive income every month. Now, the truth is, is you could almost double that number, right? And it would be more like 60,000. And then your net worth would be multi, multi, multi millions, multi millions. You would never have to do anything ever. If that was the time that it took to incubate five years, if you could carve out the next five years and enjoy, enjoy the journey, right? Which I know you are. And I think you, and obviously you could do more than one, right? Like, listen, one is great, but like four is better or two is better than one. But like, even if it was two, if you double it and said two, right, that turns into 40 or uh, 60,000 right there. And it could be more closer to 120, which is like insanely stupid, right? And when you put those numbers to it and you say, gosh, all it takes is a little bit of work, a little bit of knowledge, right? And, uh, and, and stepping out into that uncomfortable zone, which is what you've been doing right now. Raising private money is not natural for most people. Like, I didn't grow up talking about money at my table, and I'm sure a hell of a lot of people are the same way. So it is not a natural conversation. But once you, you keep having enough of these conversations, it becomes very comfortable to talk about money and return, and what it is that we do, and the process. And um, it becomes like a second nature. And then honestly, really what happens is as you start doing deals, once you get people in deals, they become your biggest advocates, right? They will give you all the referrals down the road. Your, your, your capital will love you, and they will start telling all their friends about you. Right. And that becomes the snowball. Yes, absolutely. That's when it becomes exciting to sell. That and you know that's what I'm. That's what I have not done. I have been very transactional. And if you're a wholesaler, you probably are. You're pretty transactional. So, you know, you got to step out. You got to start building relationships. You got to work on, you know, building those relationships for, um, you know, future deals. Like those yep. people could be partners. They could be investors in your deals. And so they, uh, they that's that's going to matter. Okay, so let's do this now. A lot of my listeners are already in the cash flow, but I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of them still need some income to subsidize. And you teach this. You teach wholesaling, which I think if you're not doing multifamily, you should be doing, uh, well, you should do both. You, you should be have one foot. If you need income now, wholesaling is the best way that I know how to do it. Isn't it for you? So how do people get a hold of Corey Boatwright? Sure. So they can go to Corey's Coaching, C-O-R-Y-S, Coaching dot com Corey's coaching.com and there's a little video there very very short i think it's like two minutes and it basically just says where are you right now have you never done a deal have you done a few deals have you done you know eight or nine deals 
They just ask you a couple questions just to get an idea of, of uh, where you are. And then uh, fill that out and uh, we can have a conversation about uh, where you are, where you want to go. And I'll, I'll tell you straight up if I'm the person I think can uh, you know, help you get there or if uh, I think there'll be somebody else that'd be a better fit for you. The, the reality is, is that I'm not the right fit for every single person. And, and I'm okay with that. I only want to work with the people that want to work with me yep. and, and uh, you know, that are teachable or coachable. And uh, they have a desire to really step out of their fear zone, which is what a lot of people are, and, uh, and just really take it to the next level. And yeah, so now with wholesaling, thank God, you know, there has been some really great opportunities that, that come from wholesaling. It's, you know, it could be that cash register. What about, what, don't you have a podcast too, right? I do. So they can go to reiprofitsmasters.com, reiprofitmasters.com. It's called Real Estate Investing Profit Masters. If you go on uh, iTunes, yep. type in um, either my name or just type in uh, Real Estate Investing Profit Masters. Corey, you, we've had an interview with you on there. It's fantastic. We had so many people say it was a great, great interview. And uh, we've got a lot of uh, really great investors that uh, we ask a lot of great questions to. What's their favorite mobile apps? You know, what uh, tools they like to use on a daily basis? What's their profit master strategy? What's the thing that really puts them gives them an edge, uh, you know, what's their favorite books, you know, what makes them get up in the morning, what's their why. We ask them a lot of tough questions and uh, do they get to eight hours of sleep at night and stuff like that. So, and a lot of them, thank God I know a lot of them, a lot of them come from uh, the mastermind group, uh, Collective Genius. Some of them I just know them from, uh, you know, from doing deals with, but great, a great podcast. Cool. Hey, so now if you could give my listeners one tip on um, what you've experienced so far in raising private money, what would you tell them? One tip from raising private money, it would be do not assume that you think that this person you're talking to is only going to invest X dollars, whatever that is. Always talk to that person as if they have a million dollars to invest. Think about every single person that you're talking to that potentially has a million dollars that they want to invest with you. And, and having that mindset when you're on the phone, man, it, I'm telling you, it changes, it changes the way that you think uh, about the conversation. Rock and roll, brother. Hey, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, for all my listeners out there listening in this world, man, and all my cash flow creators right now, take away a lot from this, right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Sunsets and palm trees is possible. Your paradise is possible. All you have to do is put your mind to it. Believe you can and start planting those seeds early and often because truly your paradise is possible. Love it. Thanks, Corey. God bless you, man.